0: Welcome to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jones. I am a certified personal trainer, and I'm here to help you achieve your fitness goals without pain. In each episode, I'll share tips and strategies that will help you stay safe and pain-free while you're working out. I'll also interview experts in the field of fitness and pain management. So if you're ready to learn how to stay active and pain-free, then subscribe to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast today. Welcome to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jones. Uh, Don't know why I said that in a high note. That's pretty funny. Um, I'm feeling pretty, uh, I don't know, feisty today, I guess, is the best way of describing it. I've been uh, doing some research, and I wanted to share with you some of the things that I have discovered, or at least thought about. How about that? Because if anything, it's more about me kind of just reflecting on things and sharing my experience with you, my listeners. Anyway, I wanted to explore the difference between a book cure and actually engaging in deep work. And to be more specific, I wanted to look at John Sarno, Dr. John Sarno, and his books, The Mind-Body Prescription and Healing Back Pain, and kind of talk about the limitations of book-based healing and why um, there is a need to do some deeper work for some people and not for everybody. So if you haven't listened to me before, you may not know who John Sarno is. Um, If you have, then I'm going to give you a little brief overview and hopefully you can be patient with me. So uh, Dr. Sarno was a doctor, um, scientist, attending physician at Rusk, Institute, which is um, a rehab hospital uh, at NYU. And, uh, you know, just because I don't want to get this wrong, I'm reading it from Wikipedia. He originated the term tension myositis syndrome, TMS, to name a psychosomatic condition producing pain, particularly back pain. The theory of TMS and Sarno's treatment of it have been hailed by many lay people as life-changing. A 2017 book on back pain treatments describes Sarno as the rock star of the back world. A documentary on his life and work titled All the Rage um, was released in 2016. TMS syndrome, uh, diagnosis, and treatment protocol are not accepted by the mainstream medical community. Thank you, Wikipedia, although I do know some people who do the, the updating on Wikipedia, but it's pretty clear and I think we're on a cusp, right? Um, For a long time, you know, he's kind of a pissed off dude because of the fact that it was very clear to him why people were having these issues and he was actually having good success with getting people out of pain and the mainstream medical community wouldn't accept it. Uh, They, you know, kind of said, oh, it's all in your head kind of thing. And he was saying it's much more than that. And, you know, I think he was kind of a laughingstock, and that possibly led to, you know, the way that um, he may have been perceived, because, you know, you get irritated when you're pointing out something obvious and people don't necessarily want to listen to you. Um, the cool thing about him is that he had some pretty hardcore patients that came to see him. Um, Howard Stern talks about the fact that he used to broadcast laying on his back in the radio studio because he couldn't even stand up. Um, Comedian Larry David talks about how he was in such excruciating pain as he was doing his work. Um, Actress Aunt Bancroft used him. How he came to my world, and it's funny because, you know, reflecting back and actually watching the episode again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that because I was a very uh, avid watcher of 2020. And I love John Stossel because I always thought he was so cool because he always did the deep dive kind of segments and it was always so interesting to see what he was going to find. And so he did a piece on Sarno and really you know, talked about how he, and I believe his brother, I'm not 100% sure, it's been a while since I watched it, but Stossel had a hard time with his back as well. And then after working with Sarno had um, some relief. And it was pretty awesome to kind of see that. So those people think that he's amazing, right? And that without his work, they would still be in excruciating pain or probably had, you know, unnecessary surgeries, you know, whatever it may have been. And, you know, Just him doing this work was important. And, you know, he's a pioneer and a rebel. And those are two um, things that appeal to me because I think that there's a lot of rebel in me, especially when, you know, and it's about helping people and making them feel better and avoiding drugs and um, surgical interventions. Now, that said, of course... If you, you know, tear something, do whatever, you should have it repaired. His thing was that you need to understand that the repair is a period of time. So if you, you know, have a disc uh, situation or whatever with your back pain, there's a period of time in which you're going to experience pain, right? You're going to get the surgery, you're going to have the recovery time. And after, you know, whatever it may be for you in terms of recovery, you should start feeling better. And some people do, but then they, you know, six months later will start experiencing pain all over again and think, oh, the surgery didn't work or whatever. And it may be more that caused the back pain instead of just the structural issue that was addressed before. So um, going back to the 2020 piece, I, you know, I thought it was so cool. And of course it was because of Stossel. Um, but I also wasn't in pain at that time. So I, it was a very uh, interesting antidote, right? <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool. Wow. Look at him, you know, that kind of thing. And I wasn't not, I don't think I knew what kind of pain I was in because at that time I was experiencing migraines. And, um, but I just thought you know, I just listened to my doctors, right? You know, some people skip a meal, you skip a meal, you get a migraine. Um, You know, you're just unlucky, you're just going to have to live with it, which is, you know, wonderful for people to hear because talk about not having hope. Anyway, Sarna wrote a bunch of books. And of course, you know, the mind body prescription was the one that kind of got me going in the right direction. And, you know, when I started thinking about it, it's like, well, you know, how many self-help books do you have on your shelf? You know, and I can't remember. I heard something where it's like the average is like six that people have. I could tell you I have more than six um, because I'm just a curious individual. So there's a lot of things that I read about and I want to know about my body and I want to know about how it works and how can I make it better and those kinds of things. Um, So when I was looking, I realized that last year in the United States – we spent about $13 billion, B, with a B, uh, on self-help books, with women being uh, the majority of the purchasers of these books. Uh, and like I said, I have quite a few on my shelf. I didn't do an exact count, but, you know, always seeking, right? That is, that is my, um, you know, that's my thing. That's my drive is always seeking more knowledge, new knowledge, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, you know, certain people reach for books for certain reasons. Sometimes we do it because we're stuck. Sometimes we do it because we want something different. Sometimes we do it because we feel stuck and we want something different. Um, A lot of the books are, you know, motivating in, in some way, right? Because, you know, we want you to change who you are or speak up for yourself or feel something different or you know, um, just improve your life, right? And I think as humans, there is that connection where we all want to do something different and improve who we are. Uh, Despite having all those books, a lot of them, I, you know, wanted to feel better, right? That was my goal is that I just knew that I had the potential to feel better and I needed to find it and I just couldn't figure out you know, where it was going to happen. And, you know, there was a couple of little, um, you know, inklings, right? Like Louise Hay was somebody who really had some good information and a lot of what she wrote about made sense and kind of spoke to me, but there was no reasoning, right? She talked about it and she, you know, uh, motivated people to, I guess, do deeper work, but that work felt too um, heady for me. And of course, I don't think I was like emotionally ready to kind of do that kind of deep dive. But anyway, so back to where I'm getting here. So I picked up the book because I had some time on my hands. As I told you before, it was during COVID, so why not read something? And I was curious. mostly because people kept recommending it to me and then finally I was like, I should probably read this. And then of course, after reading the first few chapters, light bulb came on and then I started doing um, some deeper look at who I was and what I was doing. And I went back today and I was like, I should probably look at, you know, things that I highlighted in the book. And I remember one section where I couldn't have underlined it you know, more times than, you know, without scraping the words off the page, was deeply repressed feelings of inadequacy fostered the development of personality traits that are almost universal in people with TMS. They tend to be professionistic, perfectionistic, compulsive, highly conscientious, and ambitious. They are driven, self-critical, and generally successful. Parallel with these traits and sometimes more prominent is the compulsion to please, to be a good person, to be helpful and non-confrontational. In short, people with TMS have a strong need to seek approval, whether it's love, admiration, or respect. Ugh. I'm like wow you know it's like check 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 right you know not necessarily in a conscious way right I'm not like in my brain I'm not out there trying to seek approval but you know it's nice when it happens right wanting love obviously to do well always those are the types of things Um, so you know after reading that and getting into things I realized that I needed to do a deeper dive. And so I read the book and I was looking at, you know, like listening to podcasts doing, you know, some journaling, but not really knowing where to go. And I started to have some relief. So then I was like, holy shit, I guess this is working. And then something would happen um you know and i couldn't at this point i can't tell you what it was but it's something emotional or whatever and then i would regress and then my head would start to hurt and i was like oh this is a bullshit <laughs> right? i can't be real so um one day i was listening to a podcast and they were talking about um book cures and they were you know some people were like oh you know i read the book and i never had pain again and you know, I started getting a little weird about this. I was like, why didn't I get that? You know, feeling cheated. I was like, what the fuck? You know, why isn't anything ever easy for me? Wow, wow, wow. You know, poor me, all that kind of stuff. And so then after I was done feeling sorry for myself, I realized that it took me 40 years to feel like shit, right? To really perfect this, you know, how to get it all together. And it was pretty unrealistic for me to think that I was going to get healthy in two months. And, or that I was going to read a book, however long it took me, and then I was going to wake up like somebody slapped me on the forehead and I was healed and everything's fine. You know, there's a lot of personality traits that kind of are, you know, all pushed in to make this personality, to make this pain, right? For your body to avoid these feelings, right? Because, you know, you don't want to deal with disappointment or, um, you know, you don't want to deal with confrontation. Those types of things. So that was, you know, I guess a good lesson for me, Um, you know, that I needed to do my work. So I don't want to bag on the people who had book cures. Um, They probably had their stuff together a little bit better than me, maybe. And, you know, that is a good thing that they were able to get that for me. I needed to do more. And just like, you know, our pain paths, um, being cured is complicated, right? My migraine is not like somebody else's migraine. Your back pain is not like somebody else's back pain. You know, your hamstring pain, right? All the same thing. We may feel the same. We may try to identify with one another. But our path to being in pain or the circumstances that created the situation are very different. And so what I want to kind of do is, like, just highlight the value for me here is that the book started my healing. That reading it and being able to identify with the stories within the book, start really reflecting on who I was, that helped me. And it piqued my curiosity. Um, And it started me on my path to healing which pretty much included me creating a team for myself so I looped in my therapist and we had a discussion about what it was going to take for me to do this work because I was uncovering a lot of stuff um, about my childhood and you know I didn't have the ability to see her every day (laughs) that I was doing the work right because you know you're doing the stuff but we did come up with a plan and, um, you know, to make sure that I wasn't overwhelming myself or that I was able to work through my feelings. And it is important to enlist a team and that having, you know, a therapist or, you know, a healer, right, somebody who could, um, you know, support you and actually kind of believes what you're doing, And, you know, because there are a lot of people that are like, hey, I did this thing and I'm, you know, reading this book and the doctor goes, well, that's, you know, bullshit, right? You know, medicine is here, it's hardcore, this is what I'm practicing. And, you know, the fact that your back pain may have originated from, you know, way back when is, you know, that's crap, right? Because look, the x-ray is showing right here or the MRI is showing this. And, you know... I was lucky to be surrounded by professionals that really um supported me, you know, and my doctor was on board and everyone was on board and now you look at it and I'm better. I'm not going to the doctor as much. I am off all my medications. Um, you know, do I have moments where I feel like shit? Sure, you know, and usually I know because for me it has a lot to do with the fear right is that i feel that twitch and i go holy shit like if this is happening what am i going to do you know like it's going to ruin my day right like all the ruminating thoughts that that it's almost like a track of sounds that you know or or beliefs that roll through my head and the good thing is that with the support that i'm getting from my family from everybody around me it is allowing me to play out that track And then go, but is that true? You know, did it ruin your day? Did it stop you from doing X, Y, Z? Sometimes it's okay just to rest. Sometimes shit's going to hurt. And you just have to go, yeah, it's going to hurt. And tomorrow's going to be a different day or, you know, and I'm going to do the things that I need to do to feel better. So, you know, looking at this and realizing, you know, it's important to do work. It is important to look at your, you know, and again, and I probably didn't highlight this. This is for people with chronic pain. You know, if you have elbow pain because you were outside hammering for three hours, that's a very different pain. You know, for those of you who have suffered for years and years with the same injury or, you know, any of those things um, that get your attention, right, pull you off task from whatever you may Want to feel or not want to feel, or whatever the case may be um you know you're going to have to look at what works for you, and you know, I hope you can find it um quick antidote before I kind of wrap this up i was I also do some tapping, so I believe in the e f t tapping and it's a great way to i almost say like on in live action deal with what you're feeling. And so um, I think it was yesterday I was driving home or driving to work and I was feeling frustrated and, and whatever. So as I was driving, I was tapping, not necessarily recommended, but I, you know, like I tap my hand on the steering wheel and you know, whatever. I don't have my hands off the wheel. I'm not being dangerous, but probably not a hundred percent focused on the task of driving. Anyway, <laughs> my point is, is that as I was tapping, um, you know, I had a twinge, of pain before I started tapping and it was in my right buttock and I thought, oh wow, that could be sciatica. And then I laughed. I was like, it's not sciatica, you know, whatever. And so then I was tapping and, and the book I was listening to was talking about anger. And as I started tapping, I realized like I was angry and that literally I felt like the situation that I was dealing with was a pain in my ass and it was a pain in my ass. And interestingly enough, when I finished, it went away. And I laughed because I was like, that's some serious shit, right? Like, there you go. It's like, you're having an issue with it, um, you know? And once you talk it out, once you talk about how frustrating it is, once you talk about where you feel it in your body and that you're, you know, clenching your jaw, you're doing all those things and that you eventually, you know, you are okay, right? Like being angry is okay being frustrated is okay and that you're still safe right so anyway um if you can't hear the meows in the background I guess I am done so it's been a very interesting uh, storytelling opportunity that I have experienced here <laughs> it's been so wonky so I don't know I hope I made you laugh thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next time